Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, as always, wherever you are, whatever part of the day you're in. And I appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things you could do, and I'm grateful that you spend a few minutes with me a few times a week. And for those of y'all that continued to spread the podcast, and we seem to be on the edge of having another pretty good month. I'm grateful for that and humbled by it. So thank you very much. Hope y'all are getting something out of it and hope our country a little bit too. We're going to take one of our walks. It is kind of windy. So hopefully y'all can hear well enough. I have two dogs looking at me from the porch, but that's about all they're doing right now. Oh, here comes one. No, no, I lied. Uh, no, no birds yet, and no children's, no wifey, just us. Oh, here comes one dog, the three-legged wonder. <laughs> so we're gonna run through uh, one set of quotes, and if I have time, I'm gonna go back toward the end and visit a little bit of Washington's inaugural address. We've talked about it before, but as I've said, so many of these things, we need to go over them again and again, myself included, just to make sure that we can call them up because you have so many, you know, it's ironic that a president who stands for the values of the left, regardless of whether you like the man in particular or not, was attempting to create a ministry of disinformation because what we get out of the left consistently, constantly, is disinformation. We get complete lies and twisting of the truth, one or the other or both. And the biggest one, of course, is that we were not founded as a Christian nation and that our founders desperately wanted to create a wall of separation between Christian faith, and public service, and, and nothing could be farther from the truth. And one of the ways, the first part, what we're going to talk about is a, a section of a speech by a man named Ezra Stiles, who was at this time president of Yale College. And it's really important for two reasons. One, his comments in and of themselves talk about how tied the very birth of our nation was to God, to providence, and how impossible it would have been for the United States of America to even exist without God. And then the second reason that's just almost as important, in my opinion, because of the, the culture today, the society, is he was the president of one of our premier colleges. And quite the opposite of not talking about faith or not having anything to do with faith. As you'll see, it had a, he, he wanted everything to do with faith in, in our nation, in our country, in our education. And so we'll talk about it a little bit at the end or as we go through it. So this is a section out of an address entitled The United States Elevated to Glory and Honor 
and it was before the Governor and General Assembly of Connecticut in May of 1783. In our lowest and most dangerous state in 1776 and 1777, we sustained ourselves against the British Army of 60,000 troops commanded by the ablest generals Britain could procure throughout Europe with a naval force of 22,000 seamen and above 80 men of war. If you're not familiar, men of war was a line of <clears throat> ships, naval ships at that time. Who but a Washington, inspired by heaven, could have conceived the surprise move upon the enemy at Princeton that Christmas Eve when Washington and his army crossed the Delaware? Who but the ruler of the winds could have delayed the British reinforcements by three months of contrary or contrary ocean winds at a critical point of the war? Or what but a providential miracle at the last minute detected the treacherous scheme of traitor Benedict Arnold which would have delivered the American army, including George Washington himself, into the hands of the enemy. On the French roll in the revolution, it is God who so ordered the balancing interests of nations as to produce an irresistible motive in the European maritime powers to take our part. The United States are under peculiar obligations to become a holy people unto the Lord our God. And again, this is Ezra Stiles, Yale College, President, 1783. And this particular excerpt is from the Patriots Bible. Uh, you can find it a couple other places. God, America's God and Country Encyclopedia has it. I'm not sure if the Founders Bible has it. It probably does somewhere. I just haven't stumbled across it yet. But this is the excerpt that I pulled. So a few things here. One, just to be perfectly clear, when he's talking, heaven is capitalized here. When he's talking about the ruler of the winds, he's talking about God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus' disciples, when he calmed the wave and the winds, that was their question. Who Who is this, you know, this this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? And so, and then when he's talking about providential miracle, and obviously, directly, God, and then at the end, the Lord our God, he's talking about Christianity. So I run through that real quick, because so often, from the left, you hear this comment that, well, the First Amendment means that all religions have to be treated equally in America. That's completely false. I go back often to Fisher Ames, who is the man that actually created the final wording for the First Amendment. And he wanted the Bible taught as a textbook. He was very concerned with Christianity being promoted. Uh, and then a Supreme Court case in Alabama, I think from 1983, that referenced a national Supreme Court case from the 1800s talking specifically about the First Amendment wasn't put there, folks, to equalize all religions because they're not equal. Christianity in America belongs far above 
any other religions, Muslim, Buddhism, Hinduism, because that's what our nation is based upon, those teachings of Jesus Christ. And so I, I illustrate these things just to make sure that there's, because there is no confusion when you really dig into it. The, these sentiments are talking specifically about Christianity. When Mr. Stiles is talking here, that's what he's talking about. And he's saying over and over and over again, look at all these chances where our nation could have just fallen apart, never never been born, never existed. Washington on the Delaware, the British Navy being delayed, the discovery of Benedict Arnold's treachery, all of these things, the French jumping into every single time our founders, when he's talking about this, he's saying, look, this wasn't just some accident. This was God taking an active role in the formation of our country. And there's so many other examples of this. And, and not to mention the fact, folks, that we've talked about here on this podcast, so much of that spirit of liberty and freedom that led up to the 20, 30, 40 years before the American Revolution was, was put there by pastors, by sermon after sermon of our pastors encouraging the colonists to, to look to God, to look to the Spirit of the Lord, to look for freedom and look for liberty. So this just just a little thing, folks. And there's, there's many other examples throughout our history. One that I always go to just personally, if you know anything about World War II, and the Battle of Midway, you know, we had been really getting our rear ends handed to us for months on end by the Japanese in the Pacific. We were we were losing. And Pearl Harbor had been a huge setback. But Pearl Harbor in and of itself is an example, right? Because all of the aircraft carriers that were supposed to be there just happened to be out at sea at that point when they attacked. And that was a huge boon for us. And then Midway, we sunk aircraft carrier after aircraft carrier in in a matter of hours in the Battle of Midway. And that, that drastically changed the timeline, at least, if not the outcome of the Pacific War. And it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to assume that that just happened by some coincidence. That takes a stretch of faith. It's just too great for me personally. And we'll go, maybe we'll go and talk about those at some point because it's a pretty fascinating story. So I do have a few minutes left, folks. So I'm going to go to this inaugural address to both houses of Congress for Washington. This was April 30th, 1789. And just read the first few paragraphs. One of the things, just a little side note that I think is fascinating is when George Washington gave his inaugural address on the balcony of Federal Hall in New York City, he had his hand on an open Bible. And so this idea, again, that we are not a Christian nation, that our founders somehow wanted to completely kick the Bible aside. It's just it's just ludicrous, folks. It's just it's either ignorant, grossly ignorant, which I have been for a huge chunk of my life about this history. I mean, 
I, I knew that we were a Christian nation, but I couldn't defend it. You know, one of the things that God tells us is, is to always have a ready defense of our faith as Christians. And I, I do a pretty poor job of that as well. But I certainly have done a poor job here in not being able to talk to people, you know, and point this stuff out and say, no, I mean, like Washington, first president, inaugural address, the, the founder of our nation, the founder, if you want to put it that way, the father of our nation, what does he do? He puts his hand on the Bible. And then if you listen to these words, just the first few paragraphs, such being the impressions under which I have, in obedience to the public summons, repaired to the present station, it would be peculiarly improper to omit in this first official act my fervent supplications, fervent supplications to the almighty being who rules over the universe, who presides in the councils of nations, and whose providential aids can supply every human defect. So he's saying, my very first act as president of these United States, it would be grossly wrong on my part to not thank God first and foremost. And again, this is when you look back at Washington's diary and his notes and comments, this is God the Father of Jesus Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. This is not Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, atheism. He's specifically saying the very first thing I need to do with my hand on the Bible is turn our nation to God. Thank God for his providence, for his blessings, for his guidance. That his benediction may consecrate, consecrate to the liberties and happiness of the people of the United States a government instituted by themselves for these essential purposes and may enable every instrument employed in the administration to execute with success the functions allotted to his charge. In tendering this homage to the great author, capitalized, of every public and private good, I assure myself that it expresses your sentiments not less than my own, nor those of my fellow citizens at large less than either. A couple things here. One, if you haven't heard the humming in the background, my littlest one decided to come out and walk with me. So we have company now. And two, a huge point here, folks. What does Washington say? Every public and private good. Again, this is Christianity was not something that our founders wanted us to put in some closet off in a corner and never talk about like the left tries to convince us of. This isn't something that you know, if you're going to go to, if you're going to have publicly funded schools, then those publicly funded schools with taxpayer money have to support the foundations of the country, meaning they have to promote the Bible and the teachings of Jesus Christ. It has to. If it's going to be publicly funded, it has to be because those are the tenets. Those are the pillars. That's the deal. And you can look at these comments again and again. Washington, this inaugural address, what's he saying? Public as well as private life. Uh, and, and he was saying, he said here that this this isn't just my sentiments. This is yours, the people's also at, at large across the entire country. So this wasn't some just random crazy person. Obviously, you would think you would know that if you knew anything about history in Washington. But for anybody out there that tries to tell you, oh, well, maybe that was just one, but not not all of them. No, he's saying this is the sentiment of the public at large, of the of the citizenry at large.
No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand, again capitalized referring to God, which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. Uh, those last two paragraphs tie in real well to Stiles' commentary, his speech before the governor and general assembly of Connecticut, because he's saying again, as a people, we owe God a huge deal. You know, Stiles said we owe God, we have a duty to become a, a holy people unto the Lord our God. And Washington is saying no group of men in the history of the world and the world right here have more reason to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand than the people of the United States. And every step, as Stiles listed out all those things, and it was a short list that could have been much longer, but all those things that there's a little bitty lizard going across the road. <laughs> Sorry. All those things that he listed, that Stiles listed, and then Washington, again, reiterating this, so many things helped our nation to become a nation and without which we would have no nation. And this is the big deal, folks. This is the whole point. We have rejected and, and forgotten our responsibility to God to thank him for our blessings. I would argue, I know for myself, I need to do that more often in my personal life, but as a nation, and it doesn't matter, you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American citizen at all, because our founders did believe, believe deeply in freedom of religion. Whether I think it was Madison, I can't remember, you know, talked about every man ought to be able to choose to follow God or not to follow God. But they also knew without a doubt that if we didn't follow God, we were going to be in trouble. And this is what Washington is laying out here. This is what he's talking to the people about. We have a responsibility to tell God, thank you for living in this country. Thank you for all the the blessings, the resources, the strength, the peace, the guidance in times of peace and war, you know, and, and acknowledge and remember these things often. And this is why I harp so much today on, on in these podcasts every once in a while on misdirected priorities, because we spend so much time watching sports. We spend so much time on our phone. We spend so much time watching Netflix or Hulu or, or reading for entertainment, if you want to put it that way. We spend so much time working out. We spend so much time on all these other things that don't matter near as much as our personal and public relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And then we can't figure out why we have a couple of these things just came across my path again recently. You know, the transgender rape case from Loudoun County, Virginia, in a school where a, a boy pretending to be a girl sexually assaulted two different girls on two different campuses, right? Because he's a boy, he's not a girl. But they were letting him use the girls' facilities. You could talk about the transgender, the effect on girls' athletics even, uh, and how these boys that are competing as girls, you know, the divorce rate, uh, <laughs> the flood of illegal immigrants and crime. The, the list is just... Abortion, good Lord, that one's got to be near the top. The broken families, though. All of these things, folks, there's a direct correlation. There's a direct tie between us rejecting God from our institutions, our public and private lives, forgetting him, refusing to acknowledge him, 
And then this is what we end up with. It's not surprising, but we act surprised. It's not that we couldn't see where this is going, but we chose not to. You know, the, the whole, this is the one that just pops in my head, the whole LGBTQ movement started long time ago when we started to pretend that men and women were the same, that they did not have different roles because they had different strengths that were God-given because God created men and women specifically of equal value, but with different roles and different responsibilities. So anyway, hopefully that all made a little bit of sense. And I have hit the limit now, so I'm going to let y'all go. I don't know. We're going to go do something. We'll see what we find to do here. Uh, But thank you all for joining me. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Henry, remember sphere of influence. You have one, folks. You have one. You always, no matter who you are, you have a sphere of influence. Uh, use it. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.